The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. Welcome back, all of our lovely friends and family. It is Saturday morning and it is time to rise and grind. I love Saturday mornings. Who doesn't? You get to start your day with us. And, you know, we actually probably give a little bit of good information. So keep listening to us. And we really appreciate you joining us this Saturday and every Saturday with us. And today we have back Carrie Block. And we are going to answer some of the questions that you guys sent in to us. And we will answer your questions, personal, professional. I, I think Sam and I, and I know Carrie, we are very transparent, as you guys all know from listening and watching our show. But if you ever have a question, send it in and we will try to get to it throughout the year. But before we do that, let's start with our highs and our lows. So Sam, why don't you start with your oh, high? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I just got done telling everyone that I don't have a high or a low. low. Um, I, I really don't have one. I don't know. The high of this week would probably be, um, I, okay. Well, okay. I have a good one. So I have a great one. This was so exciting for me. It rained on my car. So now I don't have to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. It's the little thing. That's a big thing. See, and you're turning lemonade. Wait, I'm saying it wrong. You're I'm turning, turning lemonade lemon. into a lemon. <laughs> you're making lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> All right, Kristen, what's your high? Okay, I have a great high. We all know that I am an Amazon shopper and so amazing at it. I bought this no-bake cookie dough on Amazon, and it is phenomenal. I cannot even tell you guys how good it is. And it's called no-bake cookie dough. And you get a three-pack. I think it's $40. You get a cookies and cream, a chocolate chip, and like a a funfetti. I, and I'm not going to lie, I ate probably half of the container while watching my daughter's soccer game because I was really stressed out. That's fabulous. And, but it is that good. So instead of, you know, my stress eating in the middle of the night used to be Doritos sometimes, now it's cookie dough. Am I the only one, though, that eats, like, the cake batter and cookie dough? Like, I don't really oh, care no, about the finished product Oh, me all. too. You don't need the finished. Like, you don't need it. Yeah. No. Well. And um, your mom was always like, you can't eat the, because the there's rides. a raw egg and you can get salmonella. And you're like, yeah, whatever, mom, I know more than you. Yeah, this stuff doesn't even have to go in the fridge. I mean, once you open it, it has to go in the fridge. Right. But I'm going to buy everyone. Well, not everyone listening. That would be very expensive. <laughs> you call Kristen Olstrup. <laughs> she will give you a cookie dough. I am going to buy Carrie and Sam the no-bake cookie dough because it is that good. And that's just a little tip for you guys. So give into the cookie dough. All, All right, right Carrie. Carrie. So I'm going to go back a little more than a week. My husband and I moved out of the nice house that we had that we raised our kids and our family and loved the neighborhood to our dream house where we can walk to the beach and just have a different lifestyle now that we're empty nesters and living our life for us so i love that you're transitioning to the next phase and you are living your best life exactly and she lives right around the corner from the park where my daughter plays a lot of soccer. So I'll just recruit Carrie yeah. and Sam Oh, now. we will right. be coming because I miss the days on the soccer field. <laughs> so we will be there. That's fabulous. All right, Sam, coming back to you. What's my low of the week? 
I think that my low of the week was coming home ready to eat my leftover meal from the night before and realizing that I had already ate it. So I had no food. No food, and I went to bed hungry. <laughs> you went to bed hangry? Well, I'll tell you, my low just feeds right off yours because I actually stopped to get in and out one day after work and you know it's kind of a an analysis of my time and how much I want in and out because that line's always 30 minutes right so I did I got fam the family in and out and I literally had put my cheeseburger in my purse because I was going to go upstairs to do something hold and, on and my doodle You're jacked my on, cheeseburger hold on hold on you put your cheeseburger in your purse. Well, because yeah. I, yes, I was trying to go up and eat, you know, without all the little ones around me and just trying to eat in peace, which I do often. Was I, it, was it your, was there a bag around the cheeseburger <laughs> or just, was just the cheeseburger? Half, just, just the half wrapper, you know, and I just literally ate it out half wrapper. Yeah. I just put it in my purse because I was carrying up my shoes and, you know, all the stuff from the day that goes upstairs. Okay. And I often sit on the floor, Indian style, next to my bed and kind of hide from everybody. Cheeseburgers just, out of your purse. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to say it that way, but <laughs> I, got, I got up there and went to take the burger out and I realized Packer my doodle had ate my burger. <laughs> so, you know. The whole burger? The whole burger. But that was Packer's high for the week. That was Packer's high for the week. Dogs so. love In-N-Out. You know you can get the saltless patties in and out for your dog? No. No, I don't. Oh, absolutely. Know. It's a puppy patty. No salt. Oh, wow. All right, Carrie, what was your low? So my low was, I'll go with the food theme that the two of you went. So my husband's still been working from home and he's been out of town all week. And when he works from home, he usually figures out dinner, and every night I've come home and gone, oh God, I gotta figure this out on my own every single day. And I'm like, I, I don't enjoy that. Right. So. It, it is very stressful. <laughs> I should have driven through a, in and out, but then Coco, my dog, probably would have enjoyed the burger, so. I'm telling you, if you guys haven't got a burger for your dog, you're missing out. It might be doing that today. They loved them. <laughs> yeah, my, we use our dogs, and this probably doesn't sound great, but we use them to mop the floor, like, because the kids spill everything. So we'll just let the dogs in, and it's probably not good for the health, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and, and I did want to point out that for everyone listening, sometimes your weeks can be harder and more challenging than others. And we're sitting here laughing because I'm actually grateful that that was my lowest point in the last week or two, because there have been many, many weeks that have been much worse than losing a cheeseburger out of my purse. So, all right, well, let's get into it. Sam, you want to start with um, Say This, Not That? Sure. So Kristen and I have somewhat new of a segment called Say This, Not That. And really the purpose is just to kind of give an example for co-parenting, how one sentence could be really taken the wrong way and it can cause a lot of problems for you, both from a co-parenting perspective and from the family law perspective. So we're definitely going to put Carrie in the hot seat because we love to do that. And she's already in the hot seat. She's in the, the hot black leather or not leather. Is it velvet? It's no. velvet seat. Okay. So our say this, not that is Jimmy left his iPad in your car. You need to bring it over immediately. You should pay more attention. Thoughts, Carrie? So sounding very accusatory and not working together and co-parenting is all about working together and trying to figure out what's best for the kids and instead of pointing fingers at the other parent explain why little jimmy needs the ipad and it's in little jimmy's best interest to get the ipad back and maybe 
working out together, can we meet somewhere? When would be convenient? How can we do this to get the iPad? And what can we do in the future to make sure that we're on the same page regarding exchanging of items when we exchange the kids? Absolutely. And I, I think that you bring up a really great point, Carrie, because I mean, here's kind of the example I give. If somebody accuses you of something, right or wrong, someone comes, you could be very wrong. But if somebody accuses you, your knee-jerk reaction is to go, whoa, wait a second. You become defensive. You know, yeah. and, and not only offensive, defensive, then it almost gives you a license to attack back. And so you're in this ping-pong back and forth, and it's just going to get worse. So I think that's great. Yeah, and you guys, this takes repetition. So I practice a lot of things in my mirror. And I know this kind of sounds funny. It's like people that sing in the shower. But when you stand in front of the mirror and you try, say this, not that, it's your brain needs the repetition. It doesn't just happen overnight. You have to reteach your brain how to not start off as accusatory, like Carrie said, because you don't want the other parent to become defensive and retaliate back. Your ultimate goal is to make sure that the iPad is transferred back from each household. It is not to attack someone about the iPad. So just remember that, the child-centered approach. How does this help me? How does this hurt me? And practice in the mirror. It's really great. The mirror is very kind to you. So I have a, a question for Kristen. So if if you do get in that space where you say something that you probably shouldn't have said to the other parent, we've all been there and it happens because you're human, you know, what would you suggest? I mean, do you apologize? Do you explain yourself? Yeah, I, I mean, I can tell you, my husband and I have been married I, I think it's like 14 years coming up. Uh, but I do, I do that often. And I always, one thing that I'm very good about is recognizing when I'm out of line or I'm being a you know what. And I am very good at, you know what, hey, I was completely out of line. My apologies. Can we make sure that, you know, Riley's leotard gets put in her backpack. But I do it. You don't have to be divorced. You don't have to be going through a separation. It's real life. Yeah, I mean, with your friends, whoever you're around, it, it is so true. And I think that so often people forget how powerful an apology is. Like an apology really, really, really takes a lot out of a person because you have to sit there and admit, hey, I'm wrong. And then you're publicly admitting to someone else that you're doing it. But I, I don't think that you should be afraid to say sorry or to admit when you're wrong or to explain that you are, you know, heightened emotions or something like that. I think that that puts everyone on a more realistic pedestal because we're not perfect. So if you have a relationship with your co-parent and you mess up, you know, you may not always want to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that or anything like that. But you want to make sure that they understand it's a give and take because that's part of not always feeling attacked is that if you feel that you're in a safe environment where people make mistakes and you're more apt to move together in a positive direction. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrup. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Carrie, you and your husband have been married for... 28 years. 20, I was going to say 25, so it's close. Yeah, we're, we're above that now. <laughs> and you guys have raised two amazing children and gone through the ebbs and the flows of life and parenting and the new transitions and phases. So, you know, 
how did you and your husband get through all of that? Well, it's very similar to what you described, but we've learned and I think we're comfortable with enough that if I say something that's going to really piss him off, he's going to call me out on it. And the difference between us is we've been together, we've been married 28 years, we've been together, gosh, 31, 32, I don't even know anymore. And we're comfortable enough to tell each other. People that are going through a divorce aren't comfortable enough. So the difference maybe is that you have to think of it yourself or maybe talk to your divorce lawyer, your therapist, someone, how can I deal with this situation? When this happens, what can I say? Because you do have to train yourself and at that point you're not in a situation like we are where my spouse will say to me, hey, that wasn't very nice. I didn't like the way you said that. Yeah, and my husband and I are very, very different personalities and he is not as inclined to tell me when I'm being out of line, but I am very aware of when I'm out of line. So I don't know if it's a better quality that I have no problem saying I'm sorry or that I have to say I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But it, it just applies to all relationships and it really does just take repetition. And your ultimate goal really is, is to not focus on the emotions, it's really to solve the problem and work the problem. So, all right, well, I think that was an awesome say this, not that. So let's get into our first question, guys. All right, so I'll let each of you answer independently so we can get two different approaches. All right, Sam, Linda from Tustin wrote, I've been trying to serve my husband and I can never catch him. I've even hired a process server and gave them all of his info. He is MIA. Can I still get divorced even if he's not officially served? Thanks, Queens. So the long answer, or I guess the short answer would be yes, potentially, but you need to do your due diligence. You need to make sure that you're trying to find him. You can file a declaration of due diligence and you can ask the court to have substituted service, which would be a posting of service instead of actual service. Um, It's not too complicated of a thing, but I do want to stress to everyone that you can't just say, oh, I couldn't find him for a weekend. Therefore, I don't have to serve him with the paperwork and move forward. You do have to get court approval before that can happen. You have to meet certain requirements. Um, The best case scenario really is to get them served. You want to get them served. You want them to have an opportunity to respond. And if they don't respond after being served, then there are steps you can still take to move forward with getting a divorce. Carrie? I I agree completely. And I think you have to hire the right process server or potentially a private investigator that can dig a little deeper than a process server would to be able to say to the court, I've taken all steps to find this person and we can't locate them. Yeah, a substitute service or publication is kind of your least desirable route to take. And with technology today, most people can be found. Uh, We do have access to some information here at the Custody Queens. You can always call us at 1-800-419-7772. We are really good at finding people that may not want to be found because they may be trying to evade service. Uh, But that's the first step is yes, but make sure you're doing it right because the last thing you want is to wait six or seven months because you think that you did quote unquote serve and then you're starting from the beginning. So hire a really good attorney. Call Carrie, myself, Sam at 1-800-419-7772. We have a bunch of private detectives and uh, process servers that we work with. And I can tell you, we've all had cases, international cases where another party lives in another state. Nobody's been around them for 10 plus years. So we can find them. So make the call. All right, let's get into another one. Robert from Pasadena says, my ex-wife constantly leaves our son home alone for hours at time. He's nine years old. 
When I've brought up to her, she lies and tells me she doesn't leave him alone. My son says otherwise. What do I do? I'll let you start, Carrie. Okay. So the first problem is you shouldn't be questioning a nine-year-old about what's going on at the other parent's house. Putting that aside, it's a safety concern. Under 12, kids shouldn't be left alone at all. So it's something that you definitely should bring up with your lawyer, bring up to the judge, because it's something to be taken in consideration in determining a custody and visitation schedule, because a nine-year-old should not be left alone in a house at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I, the only other thing I would add is, I, I mean, I have, you know, an almost eight-year-old, and they have no business being left. I, I mean, my daughter almost burnt my house down when she was trying to make rice. Uh, she put it in for 20 minutes instead of two, because I'm trying to teach her, you know, how to cook and, and do things. But that they just don't have the mindset if something were to go wrong. And I think that getting that, that child interviewed by a mediator would be very powerful in a case like that. You don't want to talk about the case with your nine-year-old, because they're going to repeat it and they're going to tell someone and you just shouldn't be talking about the case with your child. It's just wrong on every level. But if you can get that child interviewed by a mediator, the same information can get out to someone that will get that information to the judge. You can also put in your declaration that you're understanding that the child is being left alone and come from the safety concern approach. Don't be accusatory and don't focus on the lying. Just let the court know that you've tried to address this. You've tried to resolve the issue outside of court, but now you know, we need to move forward, making sure that there's an order that neither party can leave the child or children home alone. And this happens quite often. Yeah, it, ha- it happens a lot. And another thing just to kind of add on to both Carrie and Kristen is that sometimes you have to get creative with stuff like this and going through a child's really not the way to be creative. That's the worst case scenario. Um, but you could potentially be subpoenaing a work schedule so that you could prove to the court, you know, if mom or dad is going to lie about their work schedule, then you may have another avenue to show the court that there's just not this available time. And regardless of what's happened retrospectively, prospectively, we need an order to align with that. All right, Sam, I have a good one for you. Okay, Vera from Studio City. Ladies, I love the show and listen every week. I went to YouTube and finally saw you both. I never realized how tall Sam is. How (laughs) tall are you, Sam? Thanks, ladies. I'll be tuning in to hear every week. So I'm six foot flat, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm tall. I was full grown at 13 and I wear a size 11, so I am a giant person. And another fun fact about me is I'm actually small, relatively speaking, in my family. My dad comes from a family of nine. My dad's six five. My aunts are like six three. I mean, we're we're big people. Well, even your mom's <laughs> tall. Uh, my mom's yeah. Well, my Tall-ish. mom's my mom's short. She's well, five seven. Okay, which short, I think short for your compared to the rest of us. She's tall. <laughs> yeah, she's. I, I outgrew my mom when I was in like the fourth grade. <laughs> How tall is Kristen? Oh Lord. Okay. Well, if you actually went back and checked my soccer, you know, my bio from from back in the day, I think it said I was five four and like 160 or something, you know, trying to make me look really beefy because I was this really scary soccer player. Um, But I'm actually only five, two and three quarters. But I will say this woman can wear a heel. Yes. She, I mean, and she, she keeps up. She sometimes wears heels. I have no idea how you're walking. I think it was yesterday 
You was that like six inches added on to you? Well, I have to when I'm standing next to you. I know. You know, and it elongates your body and it makes you, you know, look your best self. You know, you, you got to work the angles. Yeah. And then I put the kitty heels on. You guys know the ones like the little stumps you yeah. stand on with a really long foot. It's very attractive. If anyone <laughs> out there is wondering what it looks like, just call me. I'll send you a picture of my kitty heels. Well, and the best part is when I, I love to shop for Sam because I'm the shopper and, you know, I will, I, I tell her, I go, well, I ordered us the same shoes, but mine are on back order. But guess what? There's plenty of 11. So you're always here available. Always available. If they make them, they exist. There's like two people that are 11. All right, Carrie, how tall are you? I'm 5'6". So I'm about average. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have killed for 5'7". That that was my optimal. That's a good height. Uh, Riley's going to pass me very soon, and I'm pretty sure she's already passed my mom and my sister. <laughs> so maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at one 800 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. I think we have one for you, Kristen. So right back at you. Janice from Ontario says, Hey, Queens, I love you both. Thank you, Janice. And lo we love you too, Janice. Uh, Kristen, I was one just wondering, how does being a family law attorney affect your relationship? Thanks, XOXO. I love the XOs. That's kind of my uh, MO at the end of all my texts as well. Being a family law attorney, other than the long hours and the stressful nights, but I think that comes with pretty much any, you know, career. Um, I, I think it actually helps my relationship. And I'll tell you why. I deal with a lot of irrational, crazy people. I've dealt with a lot of abusive people. Um, I've dealt with a lot of narcissistic personality traits. And so, you know, I, I look at my husband and sometimes I'm like, I am so lucky because he is a wonderful dad. He takes care of a lot of things that I don't have time for because my schedule is insane. And, you know, he doesn't disrespect me. He's never even remotely made me in fear. And, you know, all he does have shortcomings just like I do. And, you know, I can deal with the fact that the clothes never makes it to the hamper, but it gets left right next to the hamper. I can deal with the fact that, you know, he might try to shove the trash one more can in there before <laughs> taking it out. Because in reality, those things just aren't that important to him. And it's taken me a long time to just realize that we just we have different. I guess priorities, but family law actually makes you look at your partner in a way that makes you feel very blessed that you don't have to go through this process. And being together as long as Carrie or I have, there are highs and there are lows. And anyone that talks to you very frankly about marriage, if they just tell you it's all, you know, peaches and ice cream, they're full of it. It's just that's not a healthy relationship because a good, healthy relationship has different feelings at different times but you have to work the problem and you know where i work the problem from i learned from you know my boys seal team work the problem <laughs> <laughs> you know i just had to throw in a little they actually got renewed for season six and a movie so i, I guess that should have been my high of the week <laughs> that's the high of your life sam how does it affect your relationship um so i think being a family law attorney in general i mean I, I agree with everything you said but i do think that sometimes because you have so many clients and so many things going on that it's sometimes hard to appreciate like small troubles 
because everyone that is not every client, but everyone at some point in their case probably has a pretty traumatic thing going on emotionally, psychologically, whatever is going on. And so we deal with in family law a lot of times really, really raw abusive situations, scary situations, situations that if you think about too much, you'll have a hard time sleeping at night. So sometimes what happens to me is I, I disconnect and I'm working on that, like, you know, getting back into it. But um, it's hard not to because you kind of have a lot. But I, I guess that piggybacks on you and what you were saying about sort of appreciating healthy relationships and being in a good spot. And communication. I, I think the challenges that I've had have been more of dealing with internal things with me and learning how to better prioritize and leave work at, you know, a reasonable hour. But when you carry the weight of, and we do, as family law attorneys, we carry the weight of most of our clients. And I think that the three of us, we've been doing it long enough that we are able to kind of separate their life from our lives. But it is, when you deal with other people's problems you it is it is unequivocal that you are going to take on some of that stress so I don't know that it's directly related to being a family law attorney or just really being a career person I think that you're going to have different stresses but you have to apply what you know and then just be grateful for the little things Carrie what about you so my husband's always teased and said he's never going to divorce me because he can't find any divorce lawyers that'll take his case. <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah. At, least, not at wrong. least any of the good ones. Yeah, any of the good ones. And he knows which are good and which are bad. So just from me talking to him, um, I completely agree with you that I would often, when our kids were younger, come home and say, well, honey, I'm staying with you because I just saw a lot of people that were a lot worse out there. And I think a lot of people, when they're going through divorce, are thinking there's something and often there is something better out there for them and for their life and I look at the relationships and people and I always go god I really got a good one I got lucky and I have a good husband on the flip side it does make you analyze things a lot more than people who are just married because you know everything that's going to happen if you right. get divorced and I, I teased with my husband and it's probably more details than we need today but there's a whole thing about separate property and putting separate property in a house and tracing it in this and that and when we bought our first house 26 years ago I had some separate property that went into that house. And per my high, we just moved into so a new house. transmuted it? And I, I was trying to say to him, well, I want to make sure. And he's like, are we getting divorced after 28 years? I'm like, yeah, why the hell am I thinking about these but things? That's but what you we do. do. That's, that's what, we what do. you do because this is our life. And he he's a mortgage lawyer, so he thought all about the mortgage and the rates and the this and that. And you <laughs> thought about your 26 And I thought about my reimbursement, you know. Yeah, and a PSA, everyone, the grass isn't always greener. It's not. Focus on the grass in front of you. It's greener where you water it. It, it is. And, and sometimes I have employees that I have to have this conversation with because people get distracted with the shiny little objects. You know, be content and happy with the decision that you made. And if it's not the decision that's healthy for you anymore, feel feel good about moving on and just do it in the right way. And in full transparency, my husband knows that there's been times where I've ran, you know, support calculations. And then I tell myself, you love this man. You're in a phase. That is a lot of money. That is a lot yes. of money. And, you know, Kristen, 
take care of your side of the street. I did it many, many times when my kids were little. And I was like, I'm like, God, it would be nice to have alternate weekends off, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, never happened. All right, Carrie, I have one for you. And we have to be really quick because I'm not sure where the time goes. But I have Kara from West Covina. Hi, Kara. My child lives with her dad. She is 11 years old. I know she is not happy there. When can she be the one to decide to live with me? Is there a certain age? Thanks, ladies. So there's not a magic age that all of a sudden a child gets to decide. But even at 11 years old, the child's desires and wishes can be looked to and the court would want to hear from them. Not that an 11-year-old is going to sit on a stand and testify, but they might appoint a child's uh, an attorney for the child that could talk to them and advocate for them. They might have an interview of the child by someone in mediation or a therapist or someone that can come in and express the child's wishes. But no one's gonna outright listen to an 11 year old because an 11 year old is probably gonna wanna go to the house that doesn't make them do chores, doesn't make them do the homework, doesn't watch them. But their input is looked to, to a certain extent. I think that was a perfect answer. You know, I would never let my 11 year old decide what to do because she would eat pretty pebbles and never brush her teeth and play on the iPad all day. But there are ways for us, the custody queens, to get that information in front of the judge and the respectable parties. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-777. That's 1-800-419-7772. What a fun show, Sam. I think that's it for today. Thank you, Carrie, so much for being on. We have so much fun every time we have Carrie on. We'll have to have you on again. We'd love to. As always. And keep these questions coming in. They're super fun, and we love all of you guys. Yes, thank you so much. Listen to us at 8.30 a.m. on Go Country 105. Make sure you call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us, we're the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.